Hello and welcome. This is Motorphiliacs TV, the podcast. I am Ron Cortez, and as usual, I'm joined by my good buddy and partner in crime, Jeremy Mahovlich. How are you, Jeremy? I'm good, man. I'm doing well. That's good. So in this episode, you know, I think what we're going to try to do is something a little different. Um, we're not going to co- cover a couple of topics, but we're going to talk about uh, an event that uh, we did a couple of years ago and that we're uh, contemplating doing some more of, the Gambler 500. And if you've never heard about the Gambler 500, it's basically a navigation rally for cheap and ridiculous cars. Kind of figure, you know, maybe Burning Man meets like Mad Max sort of thing. And you basically get a cheap car, you prep it a bit, and you gamble as to whether you can do 500 miles in this thing. And the rules are basically go out, have fun. If you're not having fun, find some fun. Clean up garbage off the trails. So, you know, they give prizes for things like who stops and helps the most broken down cars or who cleaned up the most trash. And, you know, the big prize was kind of like who embodied the spirit of the event most. So there wasn't anything like, you know, first person to finish wins a trophy. Uh, So to get us going on this discussion, I'm going to hand it over to Jeremy because our adventure basically started with him. So I'll let him tell you how it all began. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. So. I was cruising the interwebs and came across this short little video about the Gambler 500 and it had some dudes and I think it was an old Cadillac and uh, they're out on Forest Service roads and there was this little blue mini truck, little Ford Courier. And I, I thought, you know, that sounds kind of interesting because I know at the time we were we were starting to prep a car for the 24 Hours of Lemons. So right. we already had the idea of a a cheap motorsport subject that we wanted to do kind of until we found out that the lemons actually cost it's, it's not cheap of thousands of dollars. no it's not cheap it's far from cheap yeah you, you buy a 500 hundred dollar car and then you got to spend thousands of dollars putting a roll cage and harnesses and fire suppression system into it yeah and you got to have like the fire prefer you know ha- fire resistant suits devices and, yeah, and Hans all device sorts of stuff or neck like support so retarded. by the time you're doing it you're in for thousands and thousands of dollars and we just didn't have the budget for that at the time no <laughs> Nope, but I thought, you know, what the heck, man, let's go to the auction. I'm sure we can find a cheap car and this looks like fun. So I showed Ron the video and he agreed. He thought, yeah, that looks kind of rad. So off to the auction we went. We did the public auction. So (laughs) we showed up and we were cruising around looking at stuff and we come across this little blue 2002 Ford Focus Mm -hmm. and, you know, a ZX3. So it was the sporty model, you know, manual transmission, little ZTEC motor. And it wasn't too bad. It had a little bit of body damage in one of the fenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like it, it started, it, it didn't run well. Like it, it, it wasn't idling well, but we're like, well, I mean, how bad could it be? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we could fix that. <laughs> right on. So off, you know, it rolls up on the block and I started bidding and there's this other guy that he was bidding to. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, we got to experience the, the fun and competitiveness <laughs> of an auction and $600 gavel went yeah. down it was ours yeah i think his limit was 500 on it i think so yeah yeah so you know unfortunately we didn't get it for like the two or three hundred that it started at no but, no you know and and ideally was that's what it was kind of worth but oh i just actually yes. it's, it's actually better than it was it turned out to be better than we th- originally thought so yeah i mean it was a bit of a dog when you drove it home oh yeah it was awful but, it, oh my gosh dude i i 
I did genuinely think we were going to have to get a tow truck to get home because it was just not running well. But got it home, and I think at that point we had a couple weeks until the event to get this thing prepped. Yeah, I think we had like maybe a month. Maybe a month, okay. Something like that. And yeah, what what did we do there? We we did the oil filter. So, yeah, we did. slugs. Yep, we did. So we did a filter change. Um, we did a tune-up on it. We, um, or you, ordered some suspension spacers from yeah. Russia. Um, so yeah. those showed up. Yeah, cheap suspension spacers from Russia. And we got, uh, well, I bought a whole new brand, sorry, whole brand new set of tires for it. Right. Nokian uh, snow tires. And I think that was it for, oh, and some lights. I got some Hella rally yeah. lights. Um, so that was kind of, I think that was our parts bin when we started. And then we started thrashing mm-hmm. on it. And most of it went well. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the suspension <laughs> modifications. That got a little hairy at one point. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I went a little too MacGyver on it. And you were a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, a lot nervous. <laughs> I th- I thought you were going to get killed. I'm like, here we go. We're going to, he's dying in my driveway on this cheap car. Um, so what it was is we like the front struts worked out fine. We pulled them out of the car. We knocked out the, the factory um, studs. We put in the longer studs, mm-hmm. um, you know, spacer. The front end went together really without a whole lot of drama. It was when we went to the back of the car that yeah. things got really uh, muy caliente. Yeah, it was a little more complicated in the back there. Well, because we couldn't get the, no matter how much we compressed the spring, we just could not get it up to fit up into the pocket with the spacer on it. So Ron grabs some um, ratchet straps and he starts ratcheting down the spring. (laughs) Yeah. Because we'd use the spring compressor, but we just couldn't get it because once the spring compressor, like the the way the spring compressor went in between the the Mm -hmm. coils, there was a, like we just, it was it was ugly. So, yeah, we we yeah, it was just ugly. We used ratchet straps, spring compressor, to get this whole assembly just as compact as we could get it to stuff it into yeah. the the spot. And I mean, it worked, and nobody died, but uh, yeah, it was so a little a frightful. It was a win. It was a win. Um, definitely not doing that again. No, but no. you know, it was a learning lesson. So, we got from that event and i think it was now we were about a week if we fast forward we're about a week away from going and we're gonna put the driving lights on yeah and so we've got these rally lights and i made this really cool mount for them and they looked really boss and ron decided i think the easiest thing to do is we're gonna wire them into the fog lights on the car yeah and that kind of worked but yes i don't know what went wrong the electricals just didn't no, like it. No, not at all. No headlights, no dash lights. Something went horribly, horribly wrong. And and, and, and there wasn't that telltale spark and smoke mm-hmm. that we would know we did something wrong. Yeah, it wasn't it just an obvious failed. fuse. It wasn't an obvious no, relay. No. So, you know, we get to we get to the event. We, we put a couple late nights in just to, to finishing up things. And yeah, um, I, mean, I think the night before we left, we worked until about one a.m. or something. Yeah, because we did the wrap. Um, yeah. So yeah, so the this decals. so this car. So it's two thousand and two Ford Focus, and one of the photos that I had seen was somebody who was a friend of the organizer, and they had taken a Pontiac Fiero, and they had put the Al Alatia rally livery on that car from like the 70s era Lancia Stratoses. Mm-hmm. And of course, as you'll find out, the more you listen to this podcast, Ron and I are huge motorsport fans and rally is a big part of that. Yeah. And so 
Ron came up with the brilliant idea. Well, we have a 2002 Focus. There was a 2002 Blue Focus that ran in the WRC that season, and it was sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah, and I do like the Red Bull livery. And me too. No, it looks good. But we wanted it to be a little different. Yeah, we wanted we to put our we own didn't, We didn't want it. to just copy them. We we knew we were one of a fairly small group of people from Canada that were going down to do the event. We wanted to be very patriotic. Hence, the Red Beaver yes. Ford Focus rally car was created. Yeah, and just, we didn't mention, the, the event is held in Oregon. This yes. was the OG yes. event, the original one. So it starts in Portland, goes out about 250 miles out to, uh, into, into central Oregon, you know, camp overnight and back, and we can get more into the route in a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, we were one of the few Canadian groups going down to participate in this. And yeah, we thought Red, Red Bull, but let's put our own twist on it. So yep. yeah, it's basically almost an exact copy of the Red Bull livery, but it's a Red Beaver. So, you know, instead, of the, instead of the bull, you've got a beaver. Yeah. And, you know, we changed a few other things like where the original car said Castrol, I put Canada, you know, where it said Pirelli, I put pizza, you know, we just wanted to have a little yeah. fun with it. Yeah. So we took, so we took that racing livery and Ron created all these really cool other names that uh, would go in the same spot as the true sponsorship logos went but it was just very different so yeah we got the livery on that was a, a day or two before we left and um we worked really late into the night on the final night we got everything kind of done that we figured we needed to do early morning the friday morning um so this is the friday right before the event weekend i had a an appointment at the tire shop we got new tires put on it came back home threw my gear in it showed up at ron's place grabbed him and across the border we went mm-hmm. and that day was hellish <laughs> it didn't go smoothly really at all the car was brilliant the car yeah. was fine the car was fine no absolutely it was a whole bunch of fun. other crap that we we just i think nasty. we left a little too late and by the time we got into the seattle area you know we started to hit really nasty rush hour traffic yeah you know bumper to bumper traffic jams on the highway down uh, trying to go down the i-5 there yeah yeah no we I mean, we crossed the border. I want to say it was like mid-morning, and we got across the border, and we started making our way down. So, you know, we should have got into Seattle area just after lunchtime, but for whatever reason, rush hour started an hour or two early, and the drive from Seattle to Tacoma was miserable. I mean, it was bumper to bumper, crawling along. At one point, I remember Ron saying that his leg had gone numb trying to do the clutch because it was just in and out, in and out. It was just, it was retarded. So we get, we're not even to Tacoma. We're actually, we're at the Tacoma Dome about a mile or two away from the end, and we've picked some back routes. Yeah. So we took off on those, and that was fun. Yeah, we swapped seats. So you were driving. We did, we did. We swapped seats. And yeah, I pulled out the the gps you know on my phone and started to look at alternate routes and yeah know. we back country man we were we were doing little back country two lane <laughs> you know yeah. roads and and it worked it, we got um i know i think we were an hour or two outside of portland when we you know we popped back on the i-5 and we stopped at this uh truck stop got mm-hmm. got some dinner and now darkness was falling so that so so now we'd had a hellish day in traffic. We'd driven several miles kind of out of the way to kind of get around the mess that we were in. The car was running well, but, you know, it was starting to get dark. And I remember I said the headlights didn't work. So here we are on the highway with a pair of rally driving lights on, no dash lights. And, yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was crazy. We're driving in the dark down into Portland. And 
Yeah, it just wasn't the way I envisioned it going. But we get to the hotel Friday night. We meet up with our compatriot, Jesse. Jesse Garcia was a a fellow who had approached me, I think, on on Twitter because he noticed that we were into automotive journalism because that's what we were kind of doing. And he wanted to get his foot in the door, so he wanted to ask me for advice. And I was like, look, dude, we're doing this event. Why don't you come and cover it? And he says, yeah, I'm in. And Mm -hmm. so we met Jesse that night, the first time we'd seen him in person. I talked to him on the internet, you know, through Twitter and on the phone a bit. But um, yeah, man, we went to bed and uh, with dreams of the Gambler 500 in our head. And not only did Jesse show up to join us, he showed up in style with a bottle of tequila for us. He absolutely did. (laughs) He absolutely did. And I had a bottle of Crown Royal for him. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So, yeah, we got a bit of sleep that night and got up really bright and early the next day to head out to Portland Meadows where this thing started. Yeah, I think we rolled in. A little later, like at 7.30 or 8 or something? Yeah, we. someone had told us, so you should be there at dawn, and we're like, well, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so we got breakfast, and yeah, I think we showed up 7.38, and it was a zoo. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, to put it in perspective, you know, when these guys that started this event started it in, I think it was 2014, they had, you know, 14 cars. It was just a bunch of friends. Then the next year, that kind of doubled to 28 cars. In 2015, 2016, they grew to like 31 cars. You know, it was just kind of people they knew. Yeah. And then I guess this video that you saw went viral, like all over yep. Facebook and YouTube. Yep. So 2017 rolled around. They knew their video had gone viral. I think they were expecting something like maybe 200 cars to show up. Yep. But there was just over 800 cars involved in this and over 2,000 people. So what helped there was to um, Dirt Every Day. So Fred Williams and Dave Chappelle, they were there and they teased it. And then also Jesse Combs, uh, rest in peace. I miss her. It's too bad. Um, she was there. You know, she she teased it a little bit. So I think all of that, along with the viral video, led to just the huge response. Yeah, I think so. Like a lot of people prepped some really neat stuff. You know, there was that Subaru Outback where they were engineers and they did those custom suspension arms that That's right. you know, moved the wheels way outboard and they had yep. like a NASA moon buggy livery on it. Yeah, I know um, that that thing was sick. I mean, Jesse's Miata was sick. That thing yeah. was really cool. The Dirt Everyday guys, they brought that lifted Dodge van. Yeah. Um, there was a limo there. Yeah, a limo that was like on a truck chassis or lifted. Yeah. and Yeah, just everything like you know, it was, it's hard to describe. Like it's, Beatles and, yeah, I mean, I, I, know, I guess a to Prius, paint. Like. Yep, a, Pri- <laughs> a Prius that actually won the award we were hoping we were going to yeah, win yeah. Um, for the, what was it, for the most? The Hater Award. The Hater Award, yeah. Yeah, I right. think it was the one that a lot of people Too thought. Too nice. <laughs> thought were, well, I think it was the one, what did they say, that a lot of the participants thought was kind of dumb, but the organizers loved? Yes, yes, yes. So, so yeah. So, I mean... When I talk to people about it, what I tell them is that it was everything from rusty, beat up four wheelers that you see every weekend at your favorite mud hole to these really incredibly creative creations, kind of like art cars that just had a ton of time and creativity put into them and everything in between. Yeah. Some of it, not even like those guys in those uh, Toyota Corollas. There was three Toyota Corollas <laughs> yes. on the team. And yes. Yeah, they were beating the crap out of those things. They were like hitting each other to bump and push themselves out of the, they did. the rock gardens. And they things. did. It was they they were savage. So yeah, so huge variety, t- 
tons of people. And so here we are, you know, we're, I, we even had a couple errands still to run because you hadn't brought a, a hoodie or a jacket. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot some warmer weather gear. And and so I said to Jesse, I'm like, okay, well, Target's like 10 minutes away. Um, we also ran out. That wasn't in Portland where we grabbed the headlight switch. Yeah, I think uh, you guys went and grabbed the headlight switch too to see if that would fix the issue with the, the headlights. So, yeah, so that was, and that was like west part of Portland. So we, Jesse and I take off. We hit Napa, get that headlight switch. We hit Target on the way back. And when we get back, the parking lot is all, like, almost empty and you're just standing there and it's like dude yeah. the whole rally pretty much left well there was a few left yeah we were we were car 721 and there were still a yes. few behind us but we we're we we're pretty close to the end and uh, yeah we just we set off and mm-hmm. the way it worked was we were handed a sheet of gps coordinates and these were the various waypoints that we had to hit and you know we started and there was one or two in portland and then yeah we just went on from there and we did no we did we hit uh, we hit a couple like i remember us hitting stuff religiously like one one after another after yeah, another for a while for a while and then we began to realize okay we've actually started because i think we left at like 11 o'clock or something right it was pretty late yeah, yeah so i mean we had 250 300 miles to try to make by sundown and and get to the camp overnight thing at hoodoo so i know we kind of made the executive decision to bail on a bunch of stuff but we did do one off-road section yeah um yeah basically they had three categories they had pretty easy waypoints that were essentially right on the road yeah then they had kind of medium ones that you had to go up like a forest service road and do a little off-roading and then the more hardcore stuff they had called satan's butthole yes <laughs> yeah we didn't do any of those no you know not in that no. little car um but we did hit a whole bunch of we did hit some of the waypoints and ran into a lot of other the people doing the rally and yeah, I think it was just, it was a fun event even for the towns we rolled through. Like, mm-hmm. you know, do you remember that lady we ran into? We stopped to get a sandwich at a little That's roadside right. restaurant. That's right. And this lady approached us. She's like, you know what, what's going on? <laughs> you know, all these cars. <laughs> we were stirring up the locals. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was a good show for all the locals in these little towns. And yeah, I guess the route, you know, started to head east you know, wound out of Portland, yep, uh, southeast up into the Cascades, yep, and then you know we emerged into the high desert there. That's right. And you know, went through the desert. It was like being a western, you know, to me, you know, like tumbleweeds rock and, and everything. And, uh, tumbleweeds, and you know, we the route took us down into Madras, which is a nice little town, and uh, yeah, we we kind of at that point embraced the you know have some fun if you're not finding fun make some fun or make some fun absolutely absolutely we were we were trucking through the desert and you and jesse were sound asleep (laughs) and i'm like okay like it's hot it's hot as hell no ac the ac wasn't working in the car so windows down and trucking along and i see this sign for this uh aviation museum so i you had just sort of woken up and i kind of nudged him like dude like we should go check this out because mm-hmm. at that point you're right we had bailed from the program a little bit because we knew we had to make up time mm-hmm. but on the other hand it was like dude let's do something fun it's right here it's on the side of the highway mm-hmm. let's do it and so we did and it was it was really rad there's some really yeah. cool stuff yeah we pulled into this hangar at this little airport world war ii era hangars and there was there was like a submarine warfare aircraft parked outside yep. and some interesting things and yeah we go into this little aircraft museum and they had like amazing you know so i guess slightly pre-second world war and second world war aircraft yeah um 
yeah, we just, all of us loved it. Jesse loved it. You loved it. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, nicely restored aircraft that are flown apparently like it's a flying museum so the stuff gets used and um like i remember the p47 thunderbolt was wicked there was a b25 the coolest thing i thought though was probably that jeep that i found it was a mm. it was actually so it was a it was a ford gp but it was blue because it was used by the navy mm-hmm. um it was on a naval base and yeah. this willie's or ford gpa jeep yeah. that was used by the navy so i thought that was really that was really cool mm-hmm. um, no, i think that was you know we all enjoyed it and then then we went to try to there was these cool old hangers and we tried to drive the car around we took some pictures in front of the hangar doors and a security guard started yeah. to come at us because we weren't really <laughs> supposed to be there but we got away with it we left we did we did <laughs> no so then we cruised by the napa there was a bunch of people in there yeah having having issues and fixing stuff um and then I remember we cruised. So from Madras, we went into Bend mm-hmm. and we gassed up in Bend. And it's like we were still, I think, a little ways away from, from Hoodoo. Yeah. Like the route, I think, went started going northwest from there up through um, that little town, Sisters. That's right. And then, yeah, Hoodoo was just outside Sisters. Met met Fred Williams from Dirt Every Day. Yeah. Because they run, they were actually broken down. Yeah. And we were chatting with them a bit. Yeah. Because I was, I was like fanboying out and, uh, <laughs> I remember I brought oh, I'm trying to act of, cool like yeah yeah sorry I never heard of you guys <laughs> which I hadn't really until you told me but well I brought I brought like keychains and pens right. and pads of paper and stuff with Canada on it like yeah like we had little bottles of uh, maple syrup we, we did we yeah. did and we and we handed Fred that stuff and and I you know what I think I think he finds fans very uncomfortable <laughs> like he seemed really not really into it yeah. And then we saw him the next day at the finale and he just walked right past, didn't even say hi. So <laughs> I don't know, maybe I scared him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so then we ended up up at Hoodoo, um, pulling in there, which is appropriately, apparently on top of a volcanic cinder cone. It is. And uh, yeah, we didn't even get into Hoodoo. Like we ended up having to no. park out on the road. It was so full. We did. No, we did. And, and the, so you gotta, so painting the picture here for you. So you, you come along this little, come off the, you come off the highway and up this two lane road and the, the ski resort central kind of emerges from the woods as you kind of come towards the main parking lot. And it was like bumper to bumper cars everywhere. So we, we had to find a place to park on the side of the road. We couldn't actually go down into the parking lot Mm -hmm. and it was dusk. Yeah. And it was already like the the parking lot was completely full. There were people with flashing lights and lasers. There was a band playing. Yeah, they were setting up the band. Setting up the band. And it just had this carnival type atmosphere. It was unreal. Yeah, there was an old articulated city bus that somebody brought out and they had a tattoo parlor in it. That's right. That people were getting tattoos. Tattoos. No, that's right. And uh, yeah, we found a spot to pitch our tents. We did. And it was pretty crowded. We did. And And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was this weird, crazy, surreal, you know, Coachella, Burning Man festival all night. You know, there was a band that set up. There was uh, beer companies giving out free samples. samples. uh, Some music, you know, people partying. And that was the amazing part. It was like there's 2,000 people, all different backgrounds, different politics, whatever. And the conversations were mostly around, you know, cars and, you know, having fun and things like that. Like there was no nobody no got fights. St- nobody so, got stupid. Yeah, nobody got stupid. No fights, no disagreements. No. 
you know, just a big party where everybody was having a good time. They were. And I mean, yeah, people were drunk and I think the closest thing that somebody did to irritating someone is they set off some fireworks. Yeah. Which, which you know, that was a big no, no. Yeah. They didn't want the risk of a forced fire. Forced fire. But so. even, but even then those guys, they like, they were, they were told not to do it. And they stopped. And that's yeah. fine. They stopped. Like yeah. it was, there was no fighting or arguing. Like it was, it really was surreal. They, mm-hmm. Like you say, all these people from a variety of different backgrounds, different political interests, different areas of the country, because there were some guys from the East Coast there, uh, guys and gals from Canada, like, and everyone got along. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was fun, and uh, the only I guess the only downside was the bathrooms were a little overwhelmed. Mm, yeah. Oh man, I think the toilets backed up in there, and it just I, I got as far as the door at one point. I'm like, nope, nope, not doing it. Oh, nope. Going to find a tree. Going to find a tree. No, I did the same thing. It's like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. No, I, that that was nasty. Um, yeah, it was not good. But and I didn't sleep a wink either. I I think I finally realized here I am now at this age I can't sleep in a tent on crappy rock strewn ground like I did when I was younger so uh, morning came yeah I think I was the only one who got a little bit of like sleep like I was dozing in and out of sleep but I, I managed to get a little sleep. Jesse, I think, didn't get a wink. He was up all no, night. He was up all night. Um, well, because the partying went on like mm-hmm. well, well, well into the evening. Like at three o'clock in the morning, I'd still hear people playing music in the, on the stage. And yeah, I think the band finished, and then people started just jamming. That's right. And That's right. Going. So no. So dawn came. We got up and uh, uh, found a guy that was making breakfast burritos. Yeah. Those were those were those were sick. Um, yeah, then people were starting to roll out, so we packed up and uh, yeah, hit the hit the road again. And you and Jesse were so tired, I started driving. And you guys fell asleep, so I had this beautiful, quiet drive through the Cascade Mountains in the forest. Early in the morning, sun's rising, the car's quiet, the road was quiet. It was it was actually really <laughs> it was nice. It was like this very peaceful yeah. start to the day. I really loved that. And yeah, I mean, we had pretty uneventful, like, I don't think we really tried to hit any of the waypoints on the way back. Uh, no, because I've, if I remember correctly, the ones that were on the list, it was all off-road. Yeah. There might have been one or two road ones that we stopped at. It was a hatchery, I think, fish hatchery yeah, we stopped hatchery at. We hit stopped. that one. Um, yeah. So it was a pretty uneventful drive, you know, back east, um, I think through Albany and then Salem and back up to Portland. And the route ended up back at Portland, back Meadows, at Portland Meadows for, you know, the end of the end of the rally awards and a concert. Yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, I remember we got back, logged in that we had completed it, hit the hotel for a couple hours, showered, changed, right, right. Um, back. went back to Portland Meadows, had wicked barbecue, like mm-hmm. Legit, Jesse said it was it was legit Texas barbecue because that's what he advertised. He advertises Texas barbecue. I said, Jesse, is this Texas barbecue? Said, yeah, this yeah. is Texas barbecue. Yeah, so. Jesse is from Texas. Correct. If we didn't Correct. mention that. We didn't mention that. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, it it culminated with just a lot of a lot of love, a lot of respect. Everybody had had a really good time. They did an auction where they auctioned off cars that people didn't want to take home with them. So that money went to charity. They gave yeah. awards. Yeah, out. there was a couple of people that just had tickets to fly home. Like there were some other Canadians from uh, Edmonton, I think it was, right. on the prairies. And yep. they had planned to fly home and leave their cars down there. Yep. So yeah, they auctioned off the cars and the money went to the children's hospital, which was nice. The, you know, the only thing we haven't touched on is what life 
for 24 hours in that car was like, mm-hmm. like, see, so three dudes in a Ford Focus mm-hmm. hatchback, okay, not a Ford or not a wagon. Yeah. And I had, because I knew, I knew the potential to fail was there. And I was okay with that, but I didn't want to fail on things that were just really, really simple things. So I had hoses and belts and fuses and I packed everything very neatly in Tupperware containers. So everything was stacked and we had a jack and two tires and yeah, like we pulled out one side of the, the rear passenger seat. So there was only one rear passenger seat. There was seat one left. rear passenger seat. So, so yeah. you, kind of in a cocoon back there you're like nestled in amongst yeah. all this gear yeah and all our camping gear and our bags camping gear bag like it was up to the ceiling i mean i don't know how we did it but <laughs> we did three dudes in a ford focus a, a two-door ford focus yeah, two spare wheels and, and a bunch of gear ton of gear in the back and we we got through that 500 miles it was it was a blast it was really cool yeah and the only thing we actually broke was bending the rear sway bar mount because we yes. remember driving along and i think you yes. were in the back seat or jesse was in the back seat and what's that noise it's like this noise i'm like well, I, i'm not sure we pulled over and i crawled under the car and i'm like whoops yeah okay rear yeah, sway bow mark that rear sway bow mount was pretty fucked yeah, we so. we talked that thing pretty bad. Um, but other than that, the car ran perfectly. Like we fi- got fifteen hundred miles, dude. Fifteen hundred yeah. miles from the auction floor. Yeah, there and back. Drove it to Portland. Did the five hundred mile rally. Drove it home. Not a problem. Not a problem. It yeah. it, it it ran perfect. Yeah, and we still have the car. And we it's, do. It's going to get a second life. It is. It is. We're we're uh, we're going to take that car. And we're going to start doing like legit rally with it. So it was put on a diet. The good portion of the whole inside of the car was taken out, all the panels and stuff. It's pretty gutted, painted, tidied up, and new suspension. And this is early days. Like, don't be getting in your mind that I'm building like a group and <laughs> rally car out of this thing. It's 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 still very basic, but after the rally was over, I was doing some service work on it and I was looking at this thing underneath and it's just, it's solid. The car is in great condition, no mm-hmm. rust. It, it's a really solid car. And I know after visiting the Olympus rally a couple of years ago, there's, there's a lot of guys with Mark one focuses that they do actually rally them. They use Mark two engine and transmission swap and it's still a popular car. There's still parts available for it. So I figured, you know what the heck we put our time and energy into it. Let's, let's let it live on as mm-hmm. something a little better than a gambler car. So, yeah. And we may still use it for the gambler this year. Yes. So we're, yes. we're hoping Cause... to hit the, the local British Columbia gambler 500. Correct. So we've got that and we've got another car that I picked up a couple years ago. I call it the Honda Ambler. It's an 87 Honda Civic. It's been lifted. Yep. Interior's been gutted. I put some sports seats in it and some harnesses and it's got a roof rack and a spare tire up there and a CB radio with a big antenna. And yeah, we're going to, uh, I bought that to do the, um, 2019 gambler and I was going to do that with my daughter and she got sick that weekend, so we ended up not going. Yep. And, you know, then the pandemic hit, you know, that, yep. that next winter. So the car sat, and, you know, it's had a bunch of refresh and a few repairs uh, in the last couple months. And, you know, we're going to take that and the Focus and go have a little fun with them. Yeah, because we, we plan to have, so the Honda was one thing, and I've got a, I've got a 69 sorry, 72 Beetle that's being done kind of Mad Max, Baja, Rat Rod kind of 
concoction. And I, that, I want to take that car this year. That was going to be the second car. But I think with the way this, we got the date, it's May 21st here in British Columbia. So uh, the bug is out, focus is in. And yeah, we're going to, she's going to do another gambler event. Um, so that'll be cool. A yeah, lot, well, lot less mileage. Yeah, we'll talk about that one when the time comes. Indeed, indeed. But no, I just wanted to tell the story because it was an epic adventure. It was a ton of fun. And uh, we we're hoping that the listeners would, would enjoy hearing that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we encourage you that, you know, if you want to have a little fun, not spend a ton of money. You know, they do these Gambler 500s all over the place now. There's, they do. There's local events all over the U.S., a few in Canada. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know if they've spread outside of the U.S. and Canada yet, but, you know, you can Google it, look for a local one, and go out and have some fun. That's right. And just just do it. Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was like going back to being 19 again and just doing something silly and, and fun. And uh, But, you know, on the upside, we met some really cool people. We saw parts of Oregon I had not seen yeah. before, and it was stunning. Uh, in fact, so much so that... I am like, we are going back to Oregon in the next year or two. And we're going to be doing some wheeling out that way. Um, because the whole, that whole like Eastern region, that's all Mm -hmm. desert, desert, volcanic, like epic. It's just so cool. It's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, I only ever gone down, you know, driven through Oregon to get to California or, you know, we've, we've hit the coast out there. You know, we used to go down to Portland a lot for the, uh, the vintage car races. Yep. And we've driven out to the coast, but never like the inner, you know, inland central Oregon. No. You know, that was really beautiful to see. And I'd love to go back. Yeah. No, well, we're going to, because we're, we're going to get, we're going to go wheeling down there, dude. There's going to be some weekend trips or week trips where we're going to go do some off-roading down there. So. Sounds good. Well, uh, so that's, that's kind of our gambler story. Mm -hmm. You know, do a little Googling and look it up. If you're a little more curious, there's tons and tons of people that have talked about it and, you know, Google photos of the cars because you'll see a lot of really crazy fun stuff out there. You might even see our car on some of these websites. Yes. The Red Beaver Ford Focus. So look for that. We also, we got to give a shout out to Jesse. Yep. Our buddy Jesse, uh, he's got a blog, Jesus Behind the Wheel. That's right. You know, he's actually Jesus is his name. Is his name. That's right. Jesus behind the wheel is his blog and his career's really taken off. He's doing a lot of uh, really good stuff with some automotive journalism. And, you know, we hope to actually have him on the show and talk to him sometime down the road here. We will. No, we will. So I had to, yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't give him a shout out. So check him out. Jesus behind the wheel. He's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. So find him. Great writer loves cars does an awesome job so that was sick and thanks for indulging us letting us just tell a story and you know hopefully everybody enjoyed that yeah i think so so uh, that'll be the end of this particular episode of the podcast so keep an eye out tune in next time and we'll be talking a bit more about cars and fun events (laughs) 